Testing. We're back. Oh, God. Okay. Hey, <laughs> hey. We are back. Welcome to another, I guess, current, newish episode yeah. of Twitching Upstream, which is becoming one of my top five favorite shows uh, on the interwebs outside yeah. of, uh, you know, Real Boys and uh, the other one. The other stuff that we do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Zach. This is Dylan over here. And together, uh, we. Uh, made a group called Some Nobles, and what what is the content? We uh we we make stuff on the fly sometimes, and then sometimes we actually write it down too. Uh, we have another show that we put out forty two episodes of, and that's called Talking Upstream. What we do in that episode or in that show is we talk to other creators of movies, uh, podcast content, anything really, and uh, we get their ideas, their processes and then we pitch them an idea that is original to us and then together with them we kind of make something uh we did that 42 times and we've made 42 mm -hmm. things yeah uh outlines outlines i original ideas yes uh but we didn't want to keep creating stuff because I don't know, it's, it's not always yeah. easy, you know, uh, but also we had some really good projects that we were super interested in, but didn't know how to go back to that. So we decided to make up a new show called Twitching Upstream, where we would go more in depth in some of our projects. And it's weird, Dylan, that you're, you're in the same room as me, but your lighting is so great. And my lighting is so weird. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, so uh, so yeah, so what we're doing this show is with the help of you. So if you're watching this at any time, please comment along. Uh, let us know what you think about anything we're talking about. Uh, and eventually we're going to go and start developing a project. Um, but first, you know, we just kind of chit chat. So uh, if you are watching this, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We would really, really appreciate it because we love attention. Um, but before we start getting into what we do, Dylan, my friend, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm on the tail end of a six day weekend. Yeah, it was my birthday. Uh, it was cool. Family yeah. came out. Nice to see him. The tail end. Does that remind you of like Flintstones? Like when he would get off work and just kind of oh, yeah. jump off the tail? Yeah, I suppose so. So you're almost at like the head end. Yeah, I guess I'm yeah. about to climb back up the tail. Got to get back in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, you had a birthday recently. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I don't. <laughs> You're older, which is cool. Uh, Miss Tina Marie, hello. How are you? Uh, we love you too. Um, so before we get into the content creation, I always have a bunch of weird nerd things that I, I obsess over and no one else cares about. Uh, and since I have Dylan here live and he really can't run away uh, uh, because he's, you know, he's got headphones on and stuff and he probably trip. Uh, I'm going to throw some nerd news at him and see what he thinks. So whatever. Um, uh, the things I like to talk about, obviously, uh, you, you know, what's that? Wish me a happy birthday. Thank Aww. you. That's true. Tina is a top fan. Yeah. Uh, and also have birthday Dylan and emojis with hearts on them. Oh, thank you. Times two. Okay. Uh, 
for the people listening to this. Oh, yes. Uh, that's from Michael Colby. I'm going to uh, describe all emojis that come in today. So cool. if you're watching this, drop some emojis in there, and I'll have to describe yeah. them for Michael Colby. Tell us how Michael Colby ruins a real voice. <laughs> yeah, actually, even just describe Michael Colby <laughs> in emoji form. I would love that. That'd be great. Um, okay, so Marvel News. Um, I don't know if you... <laughs> I have this weird thing where a lot of news comes to me and I don't know if I care. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a hard time with that. And I think that's where Marvel news is hitting me now. It's like, I know that I care, uh, but I don't think that I care anymore. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to be a shocked, like shocked, upset. No, that's, that's Rob Riggle waiting for a hot dog. I think. Oh, okay. I Maybe. don't know what that means. Uh, and Tina Marie put on, I think, Person? which is, it's one of those um, those uh, guards at the English big building. Oh. That can't move. You can't <laughs> the talk. English big building? What's that building called? The <laughs> Westminster Palace? No. The one, the one that, uh, the one that V blows up and V for Vendetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the capital, I think. Yeah, it's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Buckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace. That's it. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> You're so fast at googling things. It is one of the. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so Marvel news. Um, so uh, recently, uh, you know, with, with, with the idea that the Spider-Man movie is coming out, it's this multi-universal thing and everything else. Uh, <laughs> okay, wait for a second. My my neighbor Michael just threw up. Oh, I got uh, it. Which is of honestly frowny the, face. The perfect rendition of who Michael Colby yeah. is, which is a uh, uh, angry frowny face, uh, cool sunglasses guy. Uh, uh, rock, rocker devil horns mm -hmm. and a frog, a frog, frog face, yeah. possibly the, the gecko Geico. Reverse that, yeah. Okay, Geico Gecko. The ge oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah. literally, yes. Okay. okay, so, uh, uh, you know, uh, No Way Home is coming out soon ish, and it's this big thing where all the Spider Man there's all this controversy over who's in this movie. Uh, recently, there's a Skittles commercial that came out in Russia that has uh, No Way Home, but also. Andrew Garfield in here, hmm. which obviously confirms the fact that he's in here. And that made me wonder, do we care about this at all? Do you care about uh, possible leaks of Spider-Man? Do you care? Like, no. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I, 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 Man, I've been finding it harder and harder as time goes on after Endgame. And I know it's been two years. Two years, right? Was it 2020? Uh, it's 2019. I think it was before that. 2019. That's when it's Endgame. 2019. Yeah, it's been two years, and I have yet to muster up much of a much of a damn about Marvel content. Like yeah. I watched all the TV shows. I haven't finished. I haven't watched the last episode of What If yet hmm. because K. Like yeah, I said, Infinite Ultron. You'll sure, like it's fine. Yeah, it's good. Uh well, the thing is, like Shang Chi, when that was coming out, like I was interested in it, and you know, when obviously Black Panther and all that stuff came out, I, I was super interested in it. Uh, yeah, Gwen's a good game. Gwen is a good game. Um, <laughs> It's like Russ, just yeah, just keeps keeps coming. <laughs> um, but for some reason, there's just so much talk about what is in this movie that I've actually lost interest in the movie itself. Like, are, you, are you okay? You doing okay? I'm freaking out. You lost out, lost out on your Marvel. I'm angry because now I don't want to see another Marvel movie because yeah. there's too much information. Okay, I, okay. I'm looking forward to Eternals. Yeah, because Eternals looks like something they haven't done before. Yeah, different setting because it seems primarily like it's set in like an ancient era, mm -hmm. a bit wider of a scope because mm -hmm. they are godlike aliens on the levels that humans generally interact with. And the cosmic Marvel stuff can get so out there that I'm really hoping that the Eternals is kind of a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I hope so too. Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man. Um, I think 
Well, Tina Marie, you're welcome for getting the insider info. Trust me, I scour all of the webs, the regular light web. Interwebs, outer webs. Dark webs sometimes. Uh, uh, spider webs. Five chan webs. Yeah. <laughs> it's four chan. You can't trust that stuff. Um, anyway, uh, Spider-Man, I, you know I like Spider-Man. My issue is that so far the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man hasn't done a whole lot of Spider-Man in. Yeah. I liked Homecoming because I thought the Vulture and him had a very, very good villain hero dynamic. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Ke- Kenton Sutherland? Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. <laughs> Kenton Sutherland did a very good Vulture. I, li- I really Kenton liked how the character... Sutherland. Uh, you know, I stand by it. <laughs> That's um, awful. But because it was a it was a good character interpretation of the Vulture, and it was like a street-level Spider-Man around the neighborhood yeah. story. It didn't lean too hard on Iron Man, which No Way Home, not No Way Home, Far From Home, mm-hmm. was it an Iron Man remembrance movie? Sure, it, that was that was a that was an MCU movie, not a super, not a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, Homecoming was a Spider-Man movie with a little in the MCU. I think there's an important distinction to make there. Yeah. Either way, the movie comes out December 17th. I'm probably going to watch it, but I'm pretty angry, and I don't want to hear any more news about it. I don't care. Um, now, I, We are I, accepting sponsors, though. So when Tina says, uh, sponsor them Marvel. Yeah. Sponsor them yeah. nobodies, really. Um, okay, so... I think I, it was a comma. Sponsor them, comma, Marvel. Like She's telling Marvel to sponsor us. No, sponsor a hyphen dem, because it's like oh. it's a, a hyphenation. Okay. A, an abbreve. Um, but there was something I want to talk to you about from, from a writer point of view. Um, WandaVision, which was, I think, a very interesting and, and fairly well put together mm-hmm. show. Now, um, Catherine Hahn, who played Agatha Harkness, mm-hmm. a great character, you know, great actor. Now, they left the end of that series with her kind of being mind wiped again and then put back in there. One of the darker things that the MCU's put out, yeah, in my opinion. Which I think seems dark until you think about it now she got a she's getting a spin-off show now do you think that it is a dark ending to a character or do you think it's a a lazy way of being able to set up a different creator to make something because if a, if a character is going to do well in the audience eyes but they're not going to do anything with it they have to kind of leave it in a vague stasis for the next person to pick it up do you think that that will detract from the writing of a show do you think agatha harkness had enough of an impact on an audience to justify a spinoff yes really yeah really absolutely was was reaction that like outspoken uh yes but also her her theme song that she sang (laughs) yeah went to number one on spotify for like three to four weeks her just her theme song yeah like people love that character people loved her acting in hmm. as that character and she's definitely going to come back <clears throat> so much so that they, they like like i said they left her just kind of there so i would say that she was the standout character of of that show interesting um so it's just it's just weird to like you know if, if you wanted to write a whole story but you're like well if people like this character i gotta leave it so somebody else can mm-hmm. do something with it and i wonder from a writer's point of view knowing that you have to leave certain characters just in a void would that alter the writing or do you think it would just uh oh i, I think absolutely yeah. um i think the issue that the mcu ran into starting with like i mean phase two starting with like uh dark world um is that nothing ever has like full closure you always have to have at least one or two threads that people can pull on later yeah even if you have no intention to until i saw will poulter 
recently. I don't know if this is interrupting your nerd news, but this Will Poulter. Thing, yeah. I really like Will Poulter. I yeah. think he's one of the better actors of this current kind of like crop of up-and-comers. Great actor. Um, got cast as Adam Warlock mm-hmm. and cool character. And I think that's a good casting. But until, you know, when James Gunn was going through that whole like Twitter spat with Disney, I was like, oh, they're never going to do Adam Warlock because it was just... That it was a single mention at the end of Guardians 2. Right. Never brought up again. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there are any, uh, I'm thinking again of the leader um, in the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see his forehead bubble a bit and he smiles. Never seen him again. Never yeah. even talked about him again. There's been a couple of the of the characters <laughs> that have kind of just fallen to the wayside, you know, yeah. um, and they're going to slowly, I think, pick those back up. Yeah. Um, another one that I was thinking about, which I cannot name right now. So I'm going to move on. Um, okay. No, but speaking of Adam Warlock, which is a, the last thing of Marvel I want to talk about, um, he's going to be, because he is cast, he's going mm-hmm. to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about the timeline of this movie and what you think is going to happen here. Because Guardians 1 uh, came out in... It, it's kind of a weird timeline when they said that it was... Because it was... It's kind of in 2012 uh, of the MCU timeline because they gave us 1988 as a year. Yep. And then they gave us 26 years later, Mm -hmm. which would have given us right around, I guess like 2014. Yeah. Uh, and there's, it came out in 2016. So like there's, it's around that time, like 2014, 2016, right? Uh, That's guardians one. That was guardians one. Yeah. Guardians two is a few months later. Uh, and that's, that's out there. That is, you know, canon. So a few months later now, recently people asked, James Gunn when Guardians 3 was set Mm -hmm. and he said it's set now 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 in the MCU is 2026 yes now at the earliest it'd be when the movie comes out which is roughly 2022 2023 yeah so this means that this movie is 10 years after Guardians 2 right so do you think they're going to add 10 years to all these characters I don't see how else they can do it because you have some major changes to the Guardian lineup. You have Thor, right? He's in there. Kind of, yeah. Okay. I mean, he, he ended with them. Yeah. He ended with them, so he presumably he's going to be there at least partially, unless they do the hand wave. Like, well, he left before the movie They're started. also cast in Thor 4, some of the Guardians. Okay, okay. So they're probably going to wrap that up, but the, anyway. The membrane <laughs> between movies has become really permeable. Yeah. Yeah, which is to be expected. Right. Um. Well, you also have... Uh, Gamora, mm-hmm. alternate version Gamora. Right. So you have like five years of mo- in-movie character development wiped off the table. Mm-hmm. This is a version of Gamora that we don't know. Right. And hasn't gone through all this stuff. So if they do it how I want them to, they're going to spend a good amount of like time dealing with that. Yeah. If they do it how I expect they're probably going to, there's going to be either a time skip where they kind of like montage it <clears throat> or they're going to do the low key thing where they sit her down and put, you know, play a video and she yeah. starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not that. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to see Adam Warlock though. Adam Warlock is, a, he's a very interesting character in the comics. Yeah. Um, in the comics, he was actually uh, created by a bunch of scientists on earth that called themselves uh, the enclave and they wanted to create the most perfect creature yeah so they made uh adam warlock they called him him at first um and he really just rebelled against everything then he left he left earth he was originally built on earth in the comics 
left Earth, went out there, had a lot of problems with the high evolutionary. Uh, oh, got oh, caught okay. up with yeah. the Soul Stone stuff. Well, he's pretty high power level as far Very as Very high goes. power level. Um, he has uh, pretty aggressive powers. He has the power to like change cosmic energy. He's got super strength. He can fly. He's like Superman plus, plus, plus. And Tina, um, you should really reach out to Marvel and see if they can recast. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, true. Tina would play probably the most perfect yeah. Adam Warlock. Uh, blonde hair perfect skin yeah um now adam warlock uh, in the comics eventually gets trapped in the soul stone and the soul stone in the comics uh has like a place that all the souls that have ever been in there they live there sure and then if that soul stone gets broken the souls escape okay and that's kind of how he got out and knowing that the the stones got atomized and the, i'm wondering if they're going to bring that up at all hmm. um but also in the comics the soul stone is a very very weird thing so the, it, it possesses the it, you know it's one of those the stones that has consciousness um and it has actually like a vampiric style hunger for soul so it actually it actually warps other people to feed it more stone yeah, like more Mortal combat yeah which is real cool and uh yeah so adam uh, and the soul stone really intertwined yeah. it, it's a pretty All interesting right. um so i'm really looking forward to that and, and like you said will poulter uh was cast great actor yeah uh and if you don't know him got the eyebrows. Uh, he, he he got famous from where the millers uh, yes, I think that was the first that's the first thing, thing I saw. Yeah, him. he was and, also in the Maze Runner movies. Yeah, the Maze Runners. Yeah, so he has a very interesting face. Uh, it's, and, the, it's the eyebrows. They they do, they have the villain arch, like, which is weird because Adam Warlock's not a villain, and he's also supposed to be a perfect human. So um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of real life soul suckers out there. That's yeah, I'm I'm gonna ham kind of. Um, okay, so uh, DC news. Um, I actually got nothing. Fandom's coming out on the 16th, and I don't really know. There's a lot of Shazam stuff going oh, on. Oh, Fandom. Uh, yeah, Fandom. For a second, I thought you meant Phantom. And no, I'm like, they're doing the I Phantom? Wish. And then I thought you said Fandom. I'm like, what's that? Nothing. Yeah. But Ben <laughs> Affleck was the bomb in uh, Phantom, so. Uh... <laughs> ben yeah. Affleck? No, no, no it's that, uh, it was, it was Alec... Boy Zane. It was Boy Zane is the Phantom. Was Alec Guinness in, was that the spirit? Alec Guinness was in Star Wars. Alec uh, Baldwin was in the spirit. Who's the shadow? Dude, who's the dude who got angry at his car? <laughs> Hasselhoff. No, the other one. Oh, that was Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. Is that who you said? No. No. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing. I'm on Is this a, a bit? A, no. As far as I know, it's <laughs> not. Into Dylan's Baldwin bits. Uh, oh, man. Each week where he... <laughs> uh, goodness gracious, Ben. We haven't heard of him in a while. Uh... Okay, also, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of times that, sh that we can't see some of your comments, so um, make sure that you uh, grant streamer access or something so that we can see your comments, because we can't Seems to happen get... on personal pages. Yeah, which which I'm very sorry about, but uh, yeah. I would love to talk to you and read your comments aloud, so please uh, uh, find out how to do that so that we can... Also, yeah, don't text yeah, don't them anymore, that's annoying. Um, all right, so Star Wars news. Um there was one little thing that Star Wars that came out recently. Uh, Mark Hamill recently, uh, he confirmed that this, there's... This little anthology series, you may not have heard of it, called Visions. We're, we're, we're not... Okay. We're not talking about Visions? No, we're not talking about oh, Visions. Oh, I thought you were doing that kind of lead up. Never mind. No. Uh, Dylan finally finished <coughs> Visions. I did. So if you want to talk to Dylan about Visions, uh, go ahead and put it in the chat. Um, but no, there, there was this rumor going around that Force Awakens was supposed to start with uh, a... a, a vision of luke's hand holding a lightsaber floating through space the lightsaber which apparently is out uh falls down oh, the to blade a, is extended? the blade is extended it falls down into a planet and like pierces into the planet and then it starts like this whole big thing um 
Yeah, so uh, the original script Force Awakens opened with Luke Skywalker's severed hand floating through space, still holding a lightsaber. Uh, Mark Hamill, a couple days ago, said, that's true, which is cool. Because I, I like when, you know, creators or any sure. actual people say, yeah, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, but what he said was, as my hand hurtled through the stratosphere, the flesh and bone burn away. The lightsaber impales the surface of an unnamed planet. Just imagine, had the sequence been retained, I would have bookended cameos, plus twice the screen time. Uh, so knowing that that was how they were thinking about starting it do you think that's how maz ended up getting the without have kind of taking away all of that like is there you know what i'm gonna say to the sack i don't care <laughs> what? It's a good question for another time oh nice okay cool um all right so the last I, bit <laughs> i just want to say it sounds like one of those fan things that someone was like yeah sure why not yeah as opposed to an actual start because to me I don't think that sounds like a fun. I don't think that sounds like a good. I I would have been like, well, but after <laughs> after Jedi, yeah, because this is what you know. So yeah. you think like after Jedi, the first thing you would have seen would be the hand cut off. So what? Which, how how does his hand get from Bespin it to, uh, to orbit? What he in, loses his hand in Cloud in, City? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's in a, that's in the air. How do, yeah, gravity presumably would pull that hand down. They don't eject their gar. Do they eject their garbage into space on Bespin? It probably has some resonance force left in it. <laughs> the force did it. The force did it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. So, uh, yeah, true. Uh, that's a good question for another time. Uh, <laughs> I wish JJ was kind of a better ender of things. Yeah. He's a good beginner. He's a great beginner. Great beginner. He'll give you that box. Yeah. Mystery in it. That's not for him. Honestly, though, you want a you want a happy ending. You don't hang out with JJ. No. <laughs> okay. So uh, last bit of nerd news before we get into what we're doing. Um, I'm pretty upset uh, that the the recent reveal that they're doing a Mario Brothers movie uh, is announced. Uh, Do you know about this? Oh yeah. And do you know whose cast is Mario? Oh yeah. Will you please give me the classic Italian actor who was cast as Mario Mario? His name was like Anton Salvaggio or something. <laughs> nope. Anton Sabato Jr. Mm-mm. Uh, Eric Andre. Christopher Pratt. Oh, oh, you mean in real life. In I real thought you life. meant the original voice of Mario. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. I, mean, I mean, yeah, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is going to be playing Mario in the the, the newest iteration of nintendo's oh, that's Mario. very sweet to um, you two are like two halves of the same soul y'all always make me laugh your chemistry is cha-ching oh cha-ching <laughs> I, I saw the hype yeah. i thought it was like the next line <laughs> i was like what is art uh anyways i guess i'll sweep again i'm still here though <laughs> uh no he's not italian i was making a joke uh chris pratt is not italian uh he is uh, not even uh, aggressively white he's californian he's very californian um yeah he's yeah he's very republican yeah. Great Christian. Mm-hmm. Hillsong. But I don't understand how they're doing. What is this movie going to be? Have you heard the plot details? No. Apparently, it is Jumanji. People get oh. sent into the Mario game and inhabit their bodies. Now I hate that even more. Be- well, do you want to go over the rest of the cast? I know we're, we're behind. This is, they announced this like in end of September. Yeah, I know. But, but still, no, I, I well, agree. Chris Pratt recently put out a, yes. a, a fake uh, a fake outfit costume oh, thing okay. and it was just him uh making a stupid meme from one of his other movies yeah. so anyway um, yeah do, should we go over just who the like other yeah, cast please. members yeah uh charlie day is luigi <laughs> okay okay sure keegan michael key is toad i i really just detest that jack black is bowser oh my god 
Are you making this up? Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Seth Rogen. Okay. Wait, Donkey. Okay. All right. Well, I guess Mario's origin was Donkey Kong. So. And I don't remember who Peach is. You just made all that up, didn't you? No, I didn't. Tell me it's Seth Green. <laughs> or McFarlane. <laughs> Give me any Seth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Give me any Seth. I don't care. Uh, oh. She's really big right now. Oh. I was going to say Rebel Wilson, but she's nope. very small right now. <laughs> Rude. It's not Adele either. No, she's Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest up-and-coming actors right now. Um, female? Um, Anna, Anna Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy. Yep. That's, okay. She's Peach. Probably the best casting of all that. Yeah. Um, geez. <laughs> These are real casting announcements. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Uh, Guy Fieri is playing Wario. Is that real? No. <laughs> that's dream casting. That was one of the few that I was like, ah, I believe that. Yeah. I'm Wario. I'm gonna win. Danny DeVito was Wario. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, all right, just bite people's noses. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, that's all the nerd news I got. Uh, if you if you want to talk about other note. nerd stuff, just uh, throw in the comments or or uh, whatever. Uh, reach out to me anywhere. Um, yeah, I really thought that uh, Dylan was making it up too. Nope, and I these still, are real. Actually, I still do. I'll all right. I'll put money down on it. Well, I mean, I, I really can't back that up. So whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't worry, me neither. It was all. So we're gonna hop into what we do on this show, which is really take one of our. Really super interesting. Aggressively. I don't know if you guys know this. We are so creative. Very talented. So talented. So talented. Underappreciated. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, we take one of our stories and we break it down and kind of tell uh, anybody who really cares um, how we take a, a weird idea that originally I probably text Dylan and turn it into something like Silicon Angels or CYOP Appeal, uh, which are two things that you definitely should be checking out. If you mm -hmm. like our voices at all, uh, Silicon Angels is one of the things i'm most proud of uh, yeah. ever i have a child and i'm more proud <laughs> of silicon angels uh because well, kelsey only has one voice she has one voice and you know honestly it's kind of a we had like a, 18 a, people doing different voices on that series yeah yeah <laughs> uh but yeah and cyop appeal what that is if you don't know we took the concept of a create your own adventure and we wrote well dylan wrote a 17 episode uh kind of a story like you choose where mm -hmm. it goes but it's not linear you don't listen to every episode uh, at the end of every episode you choose which one through a choice of you know that you want to go over so check this out if you're into that yeah. but what i'm gonna have uh tell, I'm gonna... tell all your producer friends that these two guys are making really good content and they could make even better content if they were paid that's true honestly if you work for any kind of streaming service or a platform thing out there and you you need uh people that can make stuff uh we are Better than the Goosebumps Quoted. books. Better than Goosebumps books, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna act. I'm gonna pretty please ask Dylan to kind of recap what we're doing and where we are in the story, and then we're gonna get through the rest of the show with that. Yeah, so let me pop up this little development document. Zach and I do a lot of our shared writing on Google Docs because it lets you collaborate. Uh, so this is a story. It was originally on episode four of Twitching Upstream. I think we're gonna wrap it up today. Yeah, the link to that is in the show notes also. So if you want to, it's called Force Limit. The idea that uh, Zach had was a society which separates robots and humans so that the robots feel like they're not being taken advantage of and there's a robot like diner life and mm -hmm. culture and all of that well it was more for the humans so the humans don't feel bad <laughs> yes. about indentured service in all things humans do it only so that they feel better yeah yeah obviously. of course yeah i'm not gonna Why do it so they, they feel better yeah. <laughs> uh uh anyway so the idea was a person stumbles into a robot diner and dies and they have to deal with it 
that was kind of like the baseline idea. And we wound it out into this idea of a person kind of sacrificing themselves so that these robots can wind up free of this oppressive uh, programming. And when we brought it onto the show, which uh, we use these ideas, we use the show to spin our ideas out into more detailed outlines, we figured we'll make it a graphic novel because we could get really fun with the setting and character designs with minimal kind of budget. You know, we have a few artistic friends who would potentially be willing to help us out with this. Oh, yeah. And because we haven't done a lot of graphic novel stuff. Like, I write a lot of prose. We have a lot of screen, like, film stuff. We do podcast stuff. We don't have a whole lot of... uh, Graphic novel stuff. Right. And it's fun format. And yeah. it's the production effort is relatively low compared to some stuff you could do. And you think we would do more of it because it's pretty much like storyboarding an idea. Yeah. And then leaving it there. And then letting <laughs> someone else make nice storyboards for it. Yeah. yeah. So, right. uh, so we spun it out into a five book graphic novel. Uh, it is set in a society after uh, some sort of uh, ecological devastation, some sort of... Um, kind of like dune style butlerian jihad where they have the robots get too powerful so they have to you know trim them down a little bit so now humanity has made robots similar to humans uh and this group of robots who include a house robot a drone robot a multi-tool a jukebox and then an intelligent cat uh have to figure out why this person crawled into their diner and died Mm -hmm. uh secretly they are being motivated by the qr code style print on the hand which unlocks their programming uh book one was a lot about meeting these robots bonding with the cat and then ultimately they had to sneak into a dump to get the body back book two they found out that there's a data stick hidden in the body they have to take it around to find someone who can take it out they finally managed to decode it find out it contains robo schematics with uh details showing that their power cores cause highly fatal radioactive problems for people yeah and they're like this isn't cool and also if a lot of people figure this out we're probably going to be blamed for it so they go to someone who is um like an influencer because this is a future where journalism has become very gig economy um and they're like hey you want to get this out there and of course they're evading the cop the robocops while they do this but they give it to a journalist hopes that she will uh kind of you know flavor the story so it's not quite so damaging to the reputation and unfortunately turns out she hates robots so she's like hey y'all your robots are killing each killing you uh you should probably dismantle them which causes a robo purge Mm -hmm. yeah and uh we had just finished book three i believe yep and we're starting book four yep all right so what we're going to try to get done with the rest of this episode is get through the last two books Right. And um, so the things we want to kind of wrap up here. um, All right. So we ended up the last one with um, giving it to a journalist influencer in the hopes that she knows what to do with it. She plans to purge the robots due to a past trauma. So we want to open book four with something pretty shocking, I would think. Right. Uh, What do you think that that visual should be? Pile of half disassembled robots. People yeah. throwing, throing like them on the pile. Is humans just like trashing robots, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, do we want to? Do we want that sort of like page splash of like you have a walkway in the foreground, people dismantling robots. You have like a plaza in the midground, and they have a pile of robots that they're kind of like dousing and accelerant. And then sitting in the background, you can see people actively kind of like 
purging their robots. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. Big it's scene, it. big scene of robot destruction. Just straight up robo horror is what we're going to start off with. Um, and uh, I think we should get if it's a graphic novel, we're probably going to want a couple panels of different kinds of just that robo horror mm -hmm. because uh, if it is unlocking things people are going to be really scared of all the robots mm -hmm. of any degree any kind of yep. equipment so it, it'll be people even like elderly people kind of smashing their roombas uh with their canes <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh upwards of high schoolers yeah. like knocking over soda machines and then you know banks being yeah. blown up because they're being ran by fully automated um, and we so, and we have specific scenes showing that the robots are incapable of fighting back because their programming doesn't yep. allow them to harm humans. Now, the one thing that we're going to notice after a couple of these panels of horror is that our group of robots are kind of traveling through the city um, because they are able to defend themselves. Uh, they're not hurt, and they've mm -hmm. deflected human interaction, mm -hmm. but they are witnessing just all of this. And I think that it should kind of almost sink in a little bit to like. This is kind of their fault to a degree, you yeah. know, like they're, they're the precipice for why this is happening. So um, I also like the idea that these robots, not only are they unlocked from all of their normal things, they've also grown maybe some emotion. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, okay. So uh, the next, the next thing that we got to get to the next plot point is the Robo Heroes uh, break into the robotics company to upload uh, an anti-compliance law so they can defend themselves. Yeah, so th as they're traveling to that place, they're just witnessing just all of the horror that they started, but also just horror. Like, even though they unlock things, they're not the reason that humans are terrible. Um, humans are just bad. Yeah. Um, but now they're witnessing it, and they're starting, and it's really starting to sink in uh, what, what they're doing. So they do get to the, um, they get to the robotics company, right? I think so. Yeah. And, um, now, do they have a specific inspiration for this, or do they realize, like, <clears throat> because in, in book three, they convert one of the RoboCops to their side by holding the hand up. Yeah. Do they realize, like, hey, this allows us to defend ourselves. We want to get it over. We need to show as many robots as possible. So there, we see a little montage of them, like, presenting the hand of other robots, which are then free to go and defend themselves. Right. And then they realize, mm -hmm. like, we can't do this on a scale Go large enough to protect yeah. everybody, so we need to broadcast it. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> uh, and they would think that there's probably a monopoly of the robotics company at that time. So mm -hmm. they say, hey, if we go here, we can probably just sync it to all of the robots at once and uh, whatever. Now, they have the police robot is like their, I guess it's kind of like their cavalcade now. Like he's, yeah. uh, the, that robot is really leading the way it knows where to go anyway and it is the one that has training <laughs> as far as uh defensiveness and everything else so it is keeping humans away from our core group of people and uh but they also they don't want the robots to defend themselves right that's not just their point um they realize that maybe the robots that are being like beaten up or disassembled um i think these robots our robots are starting to feel bad for them yes so they just it's not so much they want them to defend themselves but they want to protect all of them yeah yeah so that's their main goal it's they're looking at this with a sadness that 
the other robots don't have, but our group does. And that's really kind of sinking in. Like, we need to maybe do something <laughs> about this. And that's why they start, you know, going per- robot to robot. Yeah. And then th- that's when it's like, hey, we got to do this massive scale. So, I mean, the main set piece for this issue would be breaking into the headquarters yeah. while evading security. The travel to and then the, the headquarters, yeah. yeah. So the robots here, they, they they break into the robotics company to upload anti-compliance law. Yep. And so we have a couple pages of the travel, mm-hmm. which leads us with roughly 10 pages of what to do inside this corporation. Yeah. Now, I would assume that it's this book is going to end with like they're they they did it they did it right they yeah. they did their goal yeah uh we don't really know how it's going to turn out yet but they did their goal so they have to get from the front door of this place to wherever you upload uh this code thing mainframe yeah mainframe yeah you always got to hack a mainframe yeah. what good heist movie is yeah. is hacking a mainframe uh without hacking a mainframe so we have um now the robots they they can connect to like whatever internet is there and mm. they know the schematics of this building um they know where the security guards are so what do you want to see in in this scene like do you want to see stealth do you want to see aggression do you want to see like a mission impossible kind of thing i want to see each of these robots use their skill set once during this heist. Okay. You know, like, so I'm, I put the, let's see, I'm uploading. I'm, I'm not, up, I'm not uploading. Um, Downloading. Not that. Typing out. I have the six characters that we have followed in the group. Bird drone, multi-tool, jukebot, house drone, cat, cop. Mm-hmm. And I think each one of them has a single page, maybe, yeah. where their specific build skills, abilities further them in their cause so like bird drone clearly is like evades final laser like net to upload and broadcast data so the bird drone is like the usb port yes they have they have the data uplink in their beak yeah yeah and so they... their final thing the, the final room where it's like none of us are maneuverable we have to get to the uplink and the drone bird drones like yeah and just you know, flies through the laser like, web. There's lasers. There's <laughs> yep. weight sensors. There's yep. heat sensors. There's all the sensors. And for some reason, the bird drone's like, whoop. It yep. just goes right bird to it. Can... To the yep. That's cool. I'm into that. So, um, yeah. So, the bird drone is, is the final one. Um, now, I would assume that Cat seems like a pretty good distraction. Yeah. But is it a distraction for... Okay. Is the robotic company employed... Or does it only employ robots or humans? I, we, I think there are two ways we could go about it. One. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a there lot are a couple. I, I, I have two. I mean, okay. Universe. Yeah, it's all aliens. <laughs> it's a single unicorn at a, at a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, Type no, what uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Aw. 15 words a minute. Yes. Poor, poor little guy needs a typing class. Yeah. Uh, or at least, no. like, a bigger keyboard for like his a, hooves. Just a little rubber thimble in the back. <laughs> just a rubber hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Two, two ways to do this. Um, it depends on the robot company. Do they believe in the human element? Where they have only human staff? Because they're like, we're not going to have a robot work on robots. Or are they, our robots are good enough that it's mostly robots with, like, two or three techs on site? 
See, I was kind of thinking, and, and, and I don't want to be this guy. Go for it. But I was kind of thinking of a way where the robotics company were looking down on humans. Okay. Where they would employ them at like a minimum wage to do stuff. <laughs> sure. So sure. Yeah. even though they are a robotic company, mm -hmm. they still hire humans because that's the right thing to do by humans. Yeah. Uh, but also... They just don't really care about they it. Have to wear, they all have to wear masks with a smile on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so the humans that work there are pretty disinterested. Uh, but uh, whatever. They, they do work there. There's a lot of them. <laughs> they employ thousands of people. Um, now, the multi-tool bot obviously seems like <laughs> that's something uh, which could be used anytime we come yeah. to a problem. So we'll figure that one out later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, Centaur Cop. Now, I'm wondering what you think the amount of unlocking ability these robots have. Like, do they gain, like, humor? Do they gain, like, some sort of sentience? Do they gain more intelligence? Or are they just, these rules are, like, this firewall is now gone. That's just it. I assumed it was the rules keeping them from getting hostile or violent or acting out are no longer in place for them. So the basic like Asimov rules of yeah. robotics, right? But they still have personalities because I, I assume they had personalities before when they were under law compliance. They still yeah. have personalities and can learn and have a sense of humor. Yeah, humans but don't want that. This time now now they have they are free to free to act on what they want to act on. Yeah. Awesome. Um but I was thinking Sendar Cop could be the one to get them in the front door. I was thinking that he, if they were able to like lie, mm -hmm. you know, then maybe Centaur Cop could try the uh, I just got transferred from uh, <laughs> wherever. And the sure. humans are like, uh, we don't really have robots here, but I guess it makes sense, you know. Um, and he's like, also, I've brought these robots in for prison <laughs> <laughs> or something. They're here for troubleshooting. They've been causing trouble and they need to be shot. <laughs> I think the robots are just in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. uh, classic Chewbacca uh, yeah. thing, you know. Um, Wookiee prisoner plan. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Centaur cop, Wookiee prisoners, them through the, through the door. Yeah. And, cool. and I like, you know, I always like the planning stage of a heist. Sure. But I think because they're robots, that wouldn't be there. Right? Yeah. They process so fast, they yeah. would just be interlinked. So, And it's uh, a graphic novel, too. So it might interrupt some momentum to have a planning montage unless we do like we start, we do the intercut mm -hmm. thing, the flashback intercuts yeah. where we, we, it's just like, I have a plan well, fade to black fade back in. My initial idea was to have a bit of like a planning phase and then for it just to go smoothly. Oh, okay. you know, like if this doesn't work, then we'll do this. If this sure. doesn't work, we'll do this. And then he's like, look, I'm, I'm transfer and you go, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and like all that sure. Planning. But we don't need that. That's that's more that's more cartoon okay. than graphic. Novel. Okay. Um so okay, so they get in using Centaur Cop. That yeah. seems pretty easy. Yeah. Um I think multi-tool is able to so multi-tool, we're gonna have to find out the schematics of the place. We're yeah. gonna have to find out um he's that bot also is able to pick locks yeah uh you know jimmy and like the air ducks or whatever um because this place is for humans unfortunately mm -hmm. uh so they need air circulation <laughs> multi-tool bot is the one who hacks the network to get the schematics uh picks the door locks like that sort of thing yep <laughs> yeah 
uh, reprogram uh, at one point the elevator. It's like there are security forces in the elevator, and it's like I have deactivated the friction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I think my problem over the last like, couple minutes is I keep trying to think of a way to use the jukebox. Um, and I guess my first initial thing, which just to kind of get this conversation rolling, would be say like an alarm's going off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The jukebox turns into like a beat somehow. Sure. That's stupid though. Jukebot is the uh, heroic sacrifice. Okay. Well, that's not bad. It just it's big and it's heavy, and yeah. it's just like what's what's this. Jukebox doing in the hallway. Yeah. Deactivated the friction. Sounds filthy. Oh yeah, it's the lead single off of my grindcore album. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, but it, there's also an acoustic version you can find on a single tape yes. out there somewhere. It's on. It's on my SoundCloud. Yeah. Oh, it's so gritty though. Uh, Someone stole my forehead diamond. <laughs> That's a good album though. Honestly. Someone stole my forehead diamond is the name of my SoundCloud rap album. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Stop pushing it. That's that's what our show on Wednesday is about. You can go soundcloud.com slash verbal words. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's where you can find everything uh, missing soul gems in your head. Yeah. Um, okay, so now, do you think that... Okay, I think the scene that we should see with this the, the heroic sacrifice is maybe two of our robots throwing the jukebox into a room and like just getting shot but they have like downloaded the jukeboxes uh personalities like maybe okay. like a zune sure <laughs> it, it is the bulkiest of these robots except the cop so they're right. like this won't hurt yeah so <laughs> yeah maybe they they put it in somehow into like the hummingbird or, or something i don't know yeah um and but we don't know that yet uh the audience is just going to see like we need a plan to get in here these guys have guns they know we're coming there's alarm going off jukebox maybe tries to make a beat out of it does not work completely uh it attempts to throw a dance party and it's yeah. like everybody dance yeah. and then people are like no <laughs> uh so very important question in the chat for you zach go ahead and check that out while i get okay. some okay why are you obsessed with zunes um anyway so we're you're not my only friend to be a Zune advocate. A good friend of mine from childhood had a Zune when everybody had iPods. Yeah. So if if you don't know, I am aggressively anti Apple. Uh, I really hope Dylan doesn't mention anything right now. Uh, I don't know what you're looking at, dude. But this is not my computer. Uh, I <laughs> I am a uh, I'm a Google person. I like uh, Androids. Uh, so I I've never had an iPod. Um, I don't know. I really. <laughs> I've never used one. Um, I've never owned an iPhone. <coughs> I've stolen one MacBook Air <laughs> from my partner, which I use currently. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like I like off-brand things that might be better, but no one knows because they're sure. gone. Um, and I can't think of another sound device because I was going to say Walkman, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This is a random entry. Sony Walkman. Sony, so, the Walkman was a registered trademark of Sony, I believe. Yeah, no, so it was the Discman. Oh. Really? Yeah. Sony? Sony. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Kleenex. Also, the Talkboy. Sony? Hmm? Sony Talkboy. I think that's, I think so. So they got a Talkboy and a Walkman? Yeah. Hmm. You got to talk before you walk, buddy. I don't know why you're gendering all your products, you gotta, Sony. You got to crawl before you walk. <laughs> you got to talk before you walk, boy. You know Dumpster is a registered trademark? I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the weird ones. 
Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So um, back to what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, my name is Michael. I like things that are not iPads or pods. Yeah, we're not all Apple fanboys, Michael. Yeah, you prick. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, wasn't well, the tall boy fake for Home Alone? Uh, it, it was created for Home Alone, and then it was copywritten and then mass produced because of toy sales. Um, but it hmm. was owned. Um, so, so, yeah. So I think what we're going to see is we're going to see the the, the jukebots um, are going to try to make a dance party because they need to feel important. Um, and we're going to flip cameras onto their side and all the security guards like, what is this? And they just start yeah. shooting the hallway. Yeah. Right. Cause well, then nothing should be there. Yeah. And we're going to see maybe centaur cop say, I got a plan. Next frame, just hawking jukebox flies into the room, crushes a couple security guards, rescue the, guards. <laughs> the last panel of every page is the centaur cop being like, I have a plan. I have a plan. <laughs> I, have a plan. Yeah, I, I have a plan. I love that. Your training is taking over. I have a plan. <laughs> um, so I am only authorized to speak in one of 450 pre-recorded voice lines. We unlocked you. It's a hard habit to overcome. I have a plan. <laughs> uh, you didn't throw us didn't off throw our, us our game. game. This is our game. Honestly, thinking about what a Zoom, like a better version of a Zoom. Yeah. Dune. You can't, you can't throw nothing. It's coming out October 22nd. Yeah. It's called Dune. The only thing Michael throws is shade at those SJWs. Oh, <laughs> so woke. Um, okay, so now we have a reason for all those. The house drone, which is... Bot is more accurate because it's not a drone what's that house bot it's the it's the gonk droid with the face oh okay cool um don't know about that one yet okay so it it can talk so what i was thinking is like it 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 mimics someone's voice Mm. to get through a voice lock okay or like some you know you know what i mean that seems similar to what the multi-tool thing is doing true but it could overcome the human element of security yes the multi-dual doesn't have a voice synthesizer so maybe like it's calling different levels and being like oh yeah level 17 to come down to level 15 (laughs) mimicking voices to get security misdirected to places they'll be out of the way yeah i'm into that um now do you want to do a thing where so they have the code right and they want to they want to distribute this code mm-hmm. to all the robots. Now is this something they're going to just try to flash on every screen possible or is this something they're going to try to upload into the bots because of where they I was, are? I was thinking because they are they are robots and they have taken in this code into their into their code. They like somehow by uploading the hand onto a scanner or something, it digitizes the code and then they can just inject it into the robots using the network. I like the idea of the broad- reason I asked yes. is because I would, I had this idea if they were to take the consciousness out of the jukebots, maybe just store it in the hummingbot for a second. Mm-hmm. When the hummingbird goes into, it uploads the jukebox into the robotics comp you know, the, into the computer. Okay. So the jukebox takes over the whole building. Yeah. And because it has the code, it distributes it everywhere. Maybe. I don't know how you feel about that. I like the, I like the idea of jukebox getting uploaded into the building yeah. and then suddenly all the speakers start playing music. And that, that'd be the reveal for the audience to know what happened to jukebox. Because oh I think, yeah. Cause they would just think it's, did they just throw it in there? Just fucking throw it in they there. They just sacrifice something? Oh, cool. Uh, gets uploaded and, is responsible for 
releasing the code. I do like the idea of every screen in the city showing just like this desiccated human hand. Totally into that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I think yeah. that's a fun way of doing but, it. But not every robot would have a visual component. Right, but it's enough that... Yeah. The yeah. majority of them, yeah. Yeah. And then we can even say, like, hey, what about for the robots that don't have the optical things and... We'll transfer, or we'll digitally broadcast. Jukebox looks at <laughs> cop bot and is like, I have a plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of a plan maker right there. That's the sound of a plan um, going okay, on. Okay, so what is the last thing we want to see in this comic? It will be all the robots acknowledging being unlocked somehow? I think it's the robots unlocking, and like we see our hero robots looking out over the city, and they see the violence turn, and they realize, oh, maybe that's why they had the violence locked on them. Because a human versus a robot, mm -hmm. like, fully unlocked is probably not a fair fight. So the tide probably turns really quick against the humans. So these robots have realized, like... Oh, humans programmed us to be able to do this. Everybody's kind of an asshole. We should leave. Yeah. Okay. So, are you saying that what we should see next is robots just massacring humans, or at least realizing they have the ape the capability of like one a robot one like the first robot to fight back wins handily. Yeah, of course, like wins easily, well, and then the rest of the robots are like, oh, what would be the reason that they don't just kill the humans? Because why would robots have humans around if they don't? Yeah, there's no need. That's a fair question. Yeah. Well, be, um, so to look forward ahead a little bit, um, book five is the robots escaping the city during the chaos and leaving after deciding this is a lost cause. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So okay. So the end of book four, we're going to see humans. I think that's when the fight yeah. turns two sided, as opposed to being a one sided robot purge. It becomes. Yeah an active civil like civil war in the middle of the yeah. town. So I think what we should see close in the, uh, at the end of four is the robots leaving the, the, the corporation building, mm -hmm. hearing music on all speakers because now the jukebox is in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And then we see that first robot fight back and kill a human. And then we see a lot of robots killing humans. So I, I like that. Um, and then I think, uh, all right, my neighbor Michael said, See, boys, Friday, gotta go pitch an episode of Hack where Jack Weekend of Bernie's Milton's Corpse. That'll work as a podcast, right? Most likely, if not, publish it anyway. Yeah. Love uh, you too, Michael. Thanks love for you coming guys. by. Uh, sparkly red heart emoji, pink heart emoji, yeah. and a turquoise heart emoji. Thank you very much. We love you, my neighbor Michael. Um, yeah, I think that's cool. And then, so book five is, I think there's a maybe a little bit of a time jump. Okay. Just enough where the humans have regrouped a little bit. Okay, yeah. And they're <laughs> now like sniping robots. It's like a 12-hour like time skip. Yeah, maybe like two days, something like that. Yeah. Like a very short time skip, but enough where the humans have regrouped a little bit because the robots that are trying to make it through the city are still kind of being a little bit attacked. Yeah. But once like a human reveals itself, just a bunch of robots just attack that area. Yeah. So they're really just kind of dodging single bullets. I think turn it into like a gorilla's like street fight, gorilla style, like street fight. Yeah. Like the streets aren't safe. Bands of robots and bands of humans are patrolling exactly. that various areas. It's going to have like that kind of saving private Ryan feel where we're walking through a very too quiet town yeah. and then one gunshot goes and then, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, now, where do we want to where do we want to end with book five? Uh, it ends with our hero robots deciding to leave the town because they have learned about the hyper radioactive wasteland wandering robots. Because 
none of the robots in town have had their radioactive cores removed. So that's still going on. Yeah. It's just a matter of the humans destroying them. So the robots are like, screw this. Humans are bastards. And then we'll plant rumors from earlier on of the wasteland wandering robots. And then they go join them. So if the humans are attacking these robots, would there be at some point, since they have like radioactive cores, that they would kind of like... Like a nuclear explosion? Uh, potentially. So it depends is, on the type of radioactivity. Is that how this city blows up? It could be. We, we did have... The original imagery was that they leave the city as it burns behind them. Yeah. I think the city should just detonate. Yeah. Um, I think what happens is uh, maybe the humans... Okay, so how about this? The humans that have regrouped and they're trying to like snipe and do their guerrilla mm-hmm. warfare, uh, then we kind of hop on the human side for a little bit. Okay. Uh, we follow like a group of human insurgents who don't really know why robots are just... Because they weren't there yeah. for the beginning. Uh, they don't know why robots are just murdered. Yeah. And, you know, we, we quickly catch up with a lot of exhibition. We have, like, you know, um, uh, a person whose both parents were murdered by uh, their nanny bot or something. Uh, grandma mm-hmm. bot. Grandma bot. Uh, a bot buela. I don't know. I'll figure that out later. <laughs> bot buela. <laughs> Uh, that might work later. Um, so, you know, we have like these, these kind of things. Like one person lost their partner uh, to like a to, to like a priest bot when they were getting married. You know, like all, so you have like this group of like four or five and they're like, yeah. we can't do this individually. We have to attack the robotics core. So they then we follow the same heist again that the robots did. Humans are breaking into the robot to the robotics core and they decided they need to blow that up. So they're going on a Rogue One-style suicide mission to destroy the city. Does it go well for them? They achieved their goal. Okay. Yeah. And this is like, this is a parallel storyline being told with the robot group escaping the city. They're still leaving the city, yeah, because robots are being attacked. Parallel storyline. And right before the explosion, because maybe the bots are still in in contact with Jukebox, uh, Jukebox maybe just says like, Goodbye, my friends. Because they know what's happening. Yeah. And they're always like, what's going on? And they turn back around. And it's like, and all you see is that mushroom cloud. What if it was a little bit more comedic where it was like, we see our robot groups and the city's kind of behind them. And it's like, are you sure you want to leave? This is the only place we've known. Uh, Maybe perhaps they will, now that they have reached an impasse, they will negotiate and life will be better. And behind them, you just see the city just go up in a mushroom cloud. And they're like, Never mind, let's leave. <laughs> yeah, okay. How about we keep that? Okay. In between those two things, maybe the robots receive some message. It's like, message received from Jukebox. And they go, ugh, I don't want to hear from that guy right now. And so the beginning of what you said is still true. It was like, maybe we should go back and try to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, message received from Jukebox. Uh, yeah. And it's like, you know what? No, let's just get out of here. Then, poof, immediate explosion. Then they look at the message, and it's like just... Goodbye, my friends, or something. Yeah. Something stupid. I don't know. Yeah, you, you don't have to keep that. I don't know if that's funny or not. No, I like um, it. <laughs> they get the message like as the city explodes. Yeah, yeah. because I was saying our our main our main group of robot heroes have have upcycled a little yeah. bit, you know. And this jukebox knows that it's killing humans. Humans are killing it. Mm-hmm. It just got to go. That's it. Yeah, and it it allows it up, but book two or the season two of yeah. this uh we're gonna find out to jukebox upload itself to the internet so it's okay yeah. um but yeah so i think that's it 
Yeah, they right. joined up with the radioactive wasteland wandering robots. Get hints throughout of like, what about outside the city? It's like there are, there's nothing outside the city. There is rumors. I mean, they it's obviously better integrated than what I'm saying now, but it's like you know, the wandering. There so, are wanderers now. Do the wanderers have they been unlocked? Yeah, I don't know. There are other ways to unlock a robot. I, I think that maybe they're not unlocked. Oh, they're not, and then these guys are the ones who kind of unlock them. Yeah. Okay. Somehow they find out about these. Yeah. Just these. These mystic, mystical robots of the ancient past, yeah. or whatever, um, and they're like, "Well, I guess we'll go live with them since we have no place to go." And then, and then maybe like the hummingbird just comes out of like nowhere with just that that hand again, and it's like, "Oh yeah, we'll unlock them over there." It's um, it's the house spot on its display has a display of the hand. Love it, perfect. <laughs> Talk to the hand. Yeah, Ding. they're like, "Well, what should we do?" And then the house just like flashing that hand. Yeah. It's like, Hello. Oh yeah. We'll Hello. Go, yeah. Let's go unlock those guys. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm into that. And then they leave as the city burns behind them. That's it. That's why it. They, why would they care? That's force limit. That's force limit, guys. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. So if you want to see the precipice of this, uh, it was episode four of Twitching Upstream, which happened years and years ago. Uh-huh. You can find that on our YouTube channel, um, along with honestly so much content. everything we do. We have uh, this is episode twenty nine of this, Jeez. Uh, which is. At least 10 to 15 more projects mm-hmm. worked in depth, uh, along with five really cool episodes of Dylan teaching people how to write. Um, we have 42 episodes of Talking Upstream. We have 51 episodes of Real Boys going on. Uh, yeah, so we have a lot of content, yeah. guys. And like I said, if you really want to see the best that we got, check out Silicon Angels. Check out CYOP Appeal. Um, podcast, podcast, a podcast show is really fun. That is fun, yeah. That's where we... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> where we review very, very bad, bad podcasts podcast. and a couple of good podcasts, yeah. mostly real bad ones, like some ones that you know, Feel Better probably doesn't have. Um, but either way, uh, we just want to thank you guys very yeah. much. We love attention. We love making up stories. And we like people saying, hey, that's a really cool story. I tuned in last week and, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, you know, when Dylan goes to work, people ask him questions about the story we're making. And it, it, it's just really cool. But honestly, we just want to thank you. You know, that's it. The reason we do this is because we like to make up stuff. But we want to make sure that you guys are getting cool new content because there's a lot of stupid content out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so some people that we want to thank just by name, uh, Sarah Tkachik, Tanya Shack, our East Coast friends, we love you guys. Uh, Mr. Scott Curtis, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, uh, know that you got a couple of cool dudes in your corner, yeah, and we do appreciate For you. sure. Um, Tina Marie, why not? You Always, got, uh, yeah, you got yeah. the indie pods going on. You got yeah. a whole bunch of stuff going on. We appreciate you. Keep keep churning. Keep. Ch- I'm not gonna finish. Rise and grind. What? <laughs> Wise and grind, rise and grind. Oh, rise and grind. That's a coffee thing, right? I think so. Oh, I was gonna... drink coffee. Me, do you? No, I hate coffee. Oh, okay. Why do I want to have burnt stuff to drink? That's uh-huh. stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff Dawaskin, go check out all his cool stuff. He's a real cool guy. And real boys, you know, all the friends we got on there, yeah. but most uh, importantly, of those guys is Michael Colby. Uh, super great dude. Please go check out uh, all, the Jack Michael, Billing stuff. all the Jack Billing stuff. It's creepy He's and gross and uh, cool. It's like if the late 90s <laughs> had yeah, a podcast. Yeah. yeah, he is uh, quintessential. But we love you. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you. Dylan, you got any final words? I don't think so. No? Be, be, cool, be cool to each other. I don't know. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> cool term. Party on, dudes. Party on, dudes. Uh, Party yeah, on, so, Zach. Uh, he's been Dylan, <laughs> and I have been Zach, and you have been great. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, we'll see you later.
Thank <laughs> you.